by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, pitches it, it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's got 40, something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. A miracle for the Titans. <laughs> Here come the volunteers. Wherever you listen throughout the world, it's football time in Tennessee. Welcome into Tennessee Talk. I am Noah McKay, joined by my guy Chase Hope, just like I am every single Wednesday night live, 8.30 p.m. Central Time, right here on Facebook. We have got a jam-packed show tonight. It has been a great week for Tennessee Talk, and it's just getting started. A whole lot of fun news to get to, content to get to, and then a jam-packed show. We got every team under the sun to talk about tonight. But first, we are proud to be partnered with the Upper Cumberland Reporter, UpperCumberlandReporter.com, Tennessee Talk tab on the website for all the latest Titans, Vols, Preds, and Grizzlies news online, written stories. Chase has a story up right now about the Grizzlies. If you haven't read it, go up, UpperCumberlandReporter.com, read it. Also partnered with At10SportsTNS on Instagram. Follow at 10 sports on instagram for all the latest news on all of our teams in tennessee thrilled about that partnership as well things are looking up and now let's get to the housekeeping follow us on twitter at tn talk pod like us on facebook if you're new to the page click that like button uh give us a recommendation if you're feeling generous five stars tell us why you like the show why you like seeing our beautiful faces every week and our patreon it is seven bucks a month get you access into the private tennessee talkers fan or fan group here on facebook we are one subscriber away from 15. We love our Patreon subscribers so much. Thank you to them. They power the show. All this awesome stuff on the screen, the equipment we use, the backdrop behind us, it is all due 100% to our Patreon subscribers. So thank you so much for that. You can help us out by hitting that share button, hit share to a group. That's what Chase is doing right now. Yeah. Type in Grizzlies, type in Preds, type in Balls, type in Titans, all the teams you're in, all the sports fan groups. Share it in there. Share it on your personal page. We appreciate it so very much. I said we got a jam-packed show, and I meant it. The Grizzlies have a must-win basketball game tomorrow. They're not going over in the bubble, but if they want to make the playoffs or at least the play-in series, they got to win a game tomorrow against Milwaukee. We're going to talk about Preds GM David Poyle. Do not miss that part of this show. <laughs> it's Don't be miss exciting. it. It's going to be fun. We're talking about Vic Beasley and what in the world is going on with him for the Titans. And then we're going to talk about college football and a whole lot of nonsense that's gone on the last couple <laughs> of days. And we'll leave it at that. Chase, it has been such a fun week. Yeah. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Noah. And honestly, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I want my props because I got that shared fast You tonight. did it. You did you it. You know, Facebook has been trying to make it hard on a man uh, to get this thing shared. And you know what I do? I just... I just deliver. That's what I do for Tennessee Talk. For the first time ever. <laughs> you deliver. No, but I'm doing great, man. And how about this new layout? How about our partnerships? Yeah, what do you think? Things are taking off. Y'all let I us know it. what you think. Yeah, I love it. I really hope you guys love it because, you know, if, if y'all don't love it, then what are we doing? Yeah. Honestly. It's true. <laughs> but when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, you want to talk about a huge game tomorrow. When you're guaranteed in the playoffs. Yep. If you win and Portland loses, you've got the eighth seed. So if you get the eighth seed, you're in the play-in round. You have to win whether you're playing Portland, 
Phoenix or San Antonio, you just have to win one of those games. If you're the ninth seed, you have to beat whoever it is twice, which would probably be Portland. Yeah. And I don't want to have to play. <laughs> I don't think the Grizzlies want to play Portland. Yeah. Having to win twice before Portland wins once with how Portland and how Damian Lillard is playing yeah. right now. That guy is, I mean, on another planet right when it now. Comes, he really when it, is. Everybody talks about, you know, playoff LeBron. How about playoff Damian Lillard, man? Because that's exactly what the Portland is. They're in playoff mode. They're trying to get to the playoffs, and Damian Lillard just dropped 60. 60 plus. I mean, it's absolutely crazy, but we're not talking about the Trailblazers. We're here to talk about the Grizzlies, and honestly, they must have made the nice list because Christmas came early for the Grizzlies. It really did. Um, Giannis is suspended. And, and that was crazy. Uh, what Giannis did, number one, was gross. The headbutt was blatant. If it's any other player, he's gone five games at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because he's going to be the back-to-back MVP that he only got suspended for one game, and it's a game that doesn't even matter for the Bucks. but that's an issue on its own. For the Grizzlies, it is a great gift because that makes them in a winnable situation. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, on the other side, you have Portland playing Brooklyn. And I don't know about you, but I'm picking Portland to win that basketball game, which would put Memphis at the nine seed if they can beat the Bucks. Yep. The chances of beating the Bucks go up a lot more because the Grizzlies don't have anybody that can guard Giannis right. on a on a possession by possession basis. So you no longer have to worry about that. I'm not confident that the Grizzlies are going to win even without Giannis on the court. Quite frankly, they've only won the one game against OKC since then. It's still been mm. the same, you know uphill battle uh but and let's get to some of these comments as we continue on here no we're not going to type in vanderbilt lewis love you man <laughs> uh mark says penny thoughts on penny hardaway saying all college sports need to we'll get to that. for a year at the least yeah we'll get to that but i will start out with this penny hardaway is always will be a clown all right <laughs> ethan would it be nice to have jaron jackson jr yeah i mean this is it'd be nice to have jaron jackson jr in all these games i think the yeah. grizzlies you know, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is healthy, they probably already have two wins by this point. I think they would have beaten Boston yesterday. It just seems like you can't get any sort of a rhythm. And you talk about all the injuries this team has. You don't have Justice Winslow. You don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. They added up for this team to where now you're in a winner go home and you don't right. have two of your top four players. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And then Reggie's talking about uh, uh, Damian Lillard where he says, Skip Bayless peed that man off. Uh, and then Corey answers the question that we have pinned, which is, do the Grizzlies make the playoffs? And he says, no, Milwaukee will play their starters, minus Giannis, of course, and still pull away. They're just too deep. Phoenix has a Dallas team that just locked themselves into the seventh seed via losing to Portland. Well, when it comes to the Bucks, I mean, there's, there's a reason that they're considered the top team in the East. Yep. Uh, they are deep. They have Chris Middleton, who's a problem in itself. But losing Giannis, lose, losing your franchise player, the, the literal face of your franchise, is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is with Memphis is that we've been sh- struggling offensively. It's not that we've played terrible defense. Offensively, Dylan Brooks can't get going. John Morant can't get going from deep. And I'm not sure what it is. I was watching the game the other day, and they were talking about how it's like in the bubble there's like a backdrop and how it messes with players. And, and Grayson Allen's been lights out, honestly. Yeah, it hasn't messed with um, Offensively. Allen. And he was talking about – and they were talking about how Grayson Allen said that he had to play in similar a similar style arena uh, in the college tournament when he's in college when they won a national championship and how he's kind of used to it. And I can understand a certain point where – you know, at first you may come out slow and it affects you, but come on, man. You've This is your eighth game coming up. There, there's no more excuses. If Dylan Brooks cannot get it going, there's you've got to play your best guys. And right now Grayson Allen's one of the best guys. And, and I'm not going back on what I said in my article about Taylor Jenkins. I think Taylor Jenkins has been great as a first-year head coach. I think he's got a bright future for this franchise. 
But this is a young team that we've talked about, and this season, no matter what happens, is not a disappointment. But we've been seeing those growing pains that a young team goes through. Yeah, and no, Ethan, the Suns are not out. The Suns need some help. They need some losses by the Grizzlies and maybe Portland to sneak in there. Uh, Ethan says, I think Dylan Brooks has been a huge letdown. If I had a dime for every bad shot Dylan Brooks has taken in the bubble, I'd be a very rich man. I mean, he has been an absolute disappointment. I agree. I think Grayson Allen's been a more effective player for this team. Now, maybe part of that is, you know, you're coming off the bench right. and you're you're that change of pace guy and there's value in that. But when you're talking about a winner go home game, you got to play your best yep. players. And right now, Grayson Allen absolutely is a better basketball player than Dylan Brooks in the bubble. And yes, Dylan Brooks is getting that 15, 16 point mark, but it has been a very inefficient 15, 16 <laughs> yeah. points a night. Uh, last week, we talked a lot about John Morant. I think John Morant has had a better week uh, this week. I still want to see more of that dog come out of him, right? You're talking about a team yesterday, or, or, yeah, yesterday against Boston. I watched that game and I'm just thinking, man, I really want him to take over. I want him yeah. to drive and just, you know, take it over. And that, when he does it, it's a special thing that he can do. He's great, you know, in the air when he goes up towards the rim, but he just doesn't do it enough for my liking. He's going to get there. He's still learning in the bubble. But Quentin, yes, we know Vanderbilt is in Tennessee, but no one cares. Uh, but at least we don't. Uh, we are all for Rocky Top here. Uh, no disrespect, but, you know, that's, that's just how it is. Uh, uh, going to your comment, Chris, yeah. with a great, he said you'd have $4.75. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> I would have a lot of money for every bad shot yeah. Dylan Brooks has taken in the bubble. And I think you hit on a good point because, and we want to talk about this. You wrote a great article on UppercomingWomenReporter.com about Thanks, Taylor Jenkins. There's been some stories written and people saying that you know Taylor Jenkins needs to be held accountable for the disaster that is the bubble for the Memphis Grizzlies. First of all, six months ago we had a conversation on this show saying it's fine that Memphis isn't a playoff team. They're not going to be this year. You're building for the future. Memphis was yeah. a playoff team before the, uh, the quarantine happened. They would have been a playoff team if the quarantine didn't happen. They still have a chance of being a playoff team. Taylor Jenkins deserve a lot of credit for getting this young team ready to play, and they have been competitive in the bubble. If this team wasn't competitive in the bubble, that's yeah. a different thing. Taylor Jenkins deserves credit, and I agree with your article. This season is a success no matter what happens yeah. tomorrow and in the future for Memphis. Absolutely, and I know y'all watching, y'all saw me crack up a little bit, and it's because Mark, you know, our troll, I love Mark to death, <laughs> asked if Quentin wants to start a podcast called Vanderbilt Talk with him. And uh, that's, just, that's what trolls do, man. Yeah, but good luck. Good luck. Uh, no, but with Taylor Jenkins, we're talking about a guy before before COVID was you know considered a front runner for the NBA Coach of the Year award. Because nobody pegged this team to be in the spot that they're in. Nobody pegged this team to even have a chance of sniffing the playoffs. Right. Uh, and honestly... No matter what happens, it's, it is still a success, and I stand by that. I will continue to stand by that. The only thing that does puzzle me is I want to know why Josh Jackson is not getting any playing time. There's been no word that he's hurt, you know, like Justice Winslow or Tyus Jones. Um, but with Josh Jackson, there's just no word. I don't know if it's because, and I've seen a lot of this in the fan groups where people think, you know, from where he's not under contract next season, and he's, you know, he's a big question mark in the NBA. He really is, uh, that they're trying to hold him out. So no team can get scouting on. But I think that's foolish because you have a chance to make the playoffs. If something's got to be going on with Josh Jackson. Yeah, and, and there's a comment, uh, there's a chain in the comments talking about the eight games to finish the regular season. What was the purpose? And we talked at length about how the NBA was clearly trying to screw the Grizzlies and get Zion Williamson in the playoffs. I laughed hard at how bad the Pelicans were in the bubble. Yes, they beat Memphis, but they were bad in the bubble and they missed. What we didn't bank on was Damian Lillard turning into our, one of, if not the best players in basketball in the bubble. That obviously changed things, and Memphis only being able to win one game was a problem. We talked they needed to win four or five. Now, best case scenario is you win two in this eight-game stretch. And I'm at the point now 
where, yes, it was a bad hand dealt to the Grizzlies, but mm-hmm. if you only win one basketball game, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. You just yeah. don't. Yeah, and no, you're you right. compare that to, I mean, a team like Portland, with how hot they are right now, they could upset the Lakers. I don't think they're going to, but they could upset the Lakers with how good a basketball they're playing coupled with how bad basketball the Lakers are playing. You can't really argue with the NBA because if they get a better basketball team in the playoffs, that's what they want for their playoffs, right? They want a competitive playoffs, whereas I think we all know the Lakers are going to roll Memphis. The best hope yeah. is you win one game. And so you can't complain about the NBA, how they built the schedule anymore like we wanted to because Memphis just hasn't shown up in the bubble the way that they needed yeah. to. I mean, honestly, we knew the last three games were going to be tough with the Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks. Uh, th- there was no denying that. But guess what? You had opportunities against Portland. You were in that game. Yep. You had opportunities against the Pelicans. You had opportunities against the Spurs. Thank you, Dylan Brooks, for a terrible foul, by the way. Uh, yeah, horrible. I mean, you've had opportunities, and, and you've blew them. And, and, and I understand it's frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating as a player. But this is what you're going to get with the young team. I mean, Taylor Jenkins, he's a first-year head coach. Right. John Morant, the face of your franchise, is a rookie. You've lost Jaron Jackson Jr. in the bubble, who was, who was actually playing really, really well. You know, it's, it's no secret that things haven't went your way. You don't have Tyus Jones, who was a much-needed piece off the bench. DeAnthony Melton is, is, is just not playing at the level Tyus Jones was playing at in the regular season. Right. But that's part of being a professional athlete. That's part of being in the NBA. You have to overcome the adversity. And when you have a chance to go out here and make the playoffs, I don't care even if it's just a playing round and you're the ninth seed, go out and do it. Because guess what? I want the draft pick to be as terrible as it can for the Boston Celtics. Yep. And, you know, this is the interesting thing is, despite how negative I think a lot of people are feeling right now about the bubble for Memphis, you still have an opportunity. You have an opportunity yeah. tomorrow against a team without their best player, without one of the best players in basketball who got suspended. You win that game, you're in the playing round, right? You hope that maybe you get lucky and Brooklyn can knock off Portland yeah. and then you only have to beat Portland once as opposed to twice. But you got to give yourself an opportunity. And yes, Portland's playing amazing basketball and the Grizzlies aren't. But when they played in the bubble last week, that was a good basketball game. Memphis had an opportunity to win that basketball game. So you know you can play with Portland. you got to give yourself a chance. And if you can beat them in that first game of the play-in, anything can happen, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same thing as a game seven, win or go home. And if you can win that basketball game, then you're going to advance to the playoffs. And, and even if you do get swept by the Lakers or you get dropped yeah. in five games, that is experience. That is exactly what this young basketball team needs. They're not going to win the championship this year. It'd be amazing if they yeah. did. They're not. They were never going to. But the more experience they can get, the better. It's not over. And now you're in a winner-go-home situation, which is another valuable piece of experience for this squad. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even if even if you don't make the playoffs, what the experience that you were able to get in the bubble, the experience of being in a playoff race uh, – is valuable. I mean, it's it's priceless for a guy like John Morant. Even though Jaron Jackson Jr. is not playing right now, guess what? He's been a part of it. He's able to be on the sidelines and see what's going on. It's valuable for Dylan Brooks, who's struggling. I mean, he he really is struggling, and, and there's no denying that he's playing he's playing poorly, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But guess what? This is something that hopefully in the off season, hopefully it don't come, but hopefully when the off season does come. You know, Dylan Brooks will come out alive next season. Yeah, and, and my dad Tom with a great comment. Get in and see what happens. We could be the Coyotes and beat the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you're the, right. The Preds aren't uh, the Lakers, but the Lakers are actually a good team. But it, it's a it's a good point that you just get into the dance and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, basketball is. is 
you know, I, I can't remember the last eight seed mm. if it's ever happened where an eight seed beat the one seed, but yeah. this is a weird year. Just get in and get yourself some experience. You still have an opportunity. Right. And if you gave yourself an opportunity to be in based on your entire body of work, go capitalize on it, despite yeah. what's happened in the last seven games. If, you're the, if you are the Grizzlies, you've got to go uh, capitalize on it. And Ethan, with a great comment, Brooks has an incredibly ugly shot. He really he, does. He, he does. But <laughs> but the thing is with Brooks, man, is when he, he's been off. Don't get me wrong, but when he's on, he's usually on. Um, and then, Noah, something I want to get to, something to let you think about, is what would be your keys for a victory against the Bucs? Um, because I'll go ahead and touch on it because I've been thinking on it here. But what the Grizzlies, in my opinion, need to do is quit just – stroking it from three, man. It's not falling. Right. If the shot's not falling, it's not falling. I understand that in today's NBA, you know, it's, it's a three-point game. Like, that's what the go-to is. You want to chuck as many threes as you can. But what I think the Grizzlies need to do is slow it down, run the offense, feed uh, Valanchunas down low, because the man is a beast. Yeah. I mean, the man is an absolute dog down there. And then if the three-shot comes available, take it. But don't try to force it. There's been many a times that Dylan Brooks tries to force it. Just pass the ball. Don't be selfish. Slow it down. Run the offense. Run that half-court offense. Feed Jonas down low. And if he has a kick out, kick it out. Don't force things. Let the game come to you. Yeah. I mean, realistically, that's what they need to do is because through the first seven games, I feel like they're just trying to rush it. Because when they were playing Boston, every time they got within 10, Boston just responded. And then it was like the momentum was gone from Memphis for the next three minutes. Yeah, It's just crazy. And I think that's a very good point. And I agree with it largely with a couple of exceptions. Some people need to get more aggressive. Yeah. John Morant needs to trust his three-point shot more. He's got to stand up I don't know, I've seen, him, I've, seen him, I've seen him shooting the three, man, and it's not falling. It that's seems something like, he needs to develop. It seems like it's a mental block for me right now. Like he's lost his confidence in that three-point shot. You have an opportunity now. No Giannis in the game. That Giannis is that court stretcher. I think Giannis Valanciunas is breathing a sigh of relief, knowing that he was maybe going to be the guy that had to do a lot of that covering Giannis mm-hmm. out in the perimeter and down low. Now he can sit down low against some of those bigger guys for Milwaukee. This yeah. is a winnable game tomorrow for the Grizzlies. They're going to have to keep things simple. I don't think you go in overconfident, obviously, despite the fact that they don't have Giannis. The yeah. Bucks are still a very good basketball team. There's a reason why they are a contender absolutely to win the championship this year. Wouldn't surprise anybody if the Bucks win a championship this year. So you got to go in ready to go. You got to worry about Chris Middleton. It looks like they're going to yeah. play their starters, which is frustrating. Uh, you don't need to. Just rest them there. Just rest them. You, you don't need to. That would be a gift kind of like the, the Titans got this year when the Texans rested their starters. But keep things simple. Play your game. Right. John Morant needs to have a big game, right? You, you talk yeah. playoff basketball. Your star players need to have star player games, right? Everybody needs to have a good game, but the star needs to take over at some yeah. point. So we keep talking about with John Morant. If he can do that tomorrow, the Grizzlies are going to have a good chance to win the basketball yeah, game. No, I agree with you. And I talked about feeding Valanciunas, but also feed Brandon Clark. The dude is aggressive. And now I want to get to a comment here that caught my eye. Nathan was a good comment. He says, the Grizzlies need the grindhouse and fans to bring that fire back, in, in his opinion. Sadly, not possible with the current climate, so we've got to go out and win tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies were a completely different team in the forum, man. It, when it came into being in, playing in FedEx form with that crowd, uh, you could tell. You could tell they fed off the crowd, and that's part of what a young team does. Now, I mean, it's all they have the virtual fans, but I really don't think there's that much noise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, not, I don't. Yeah. It's nothing close to normal. Uh, but I mean, there's no excuses because every team's dealing with the same thing. Uh, what's your prediction, Noah? I think the Bucks are going to win the basketball game. I think the Grizzlies can win, but I'm not going to pick them. I don't think they're playing good enough basketball right now in the bubble. Yep. Just being honest, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Grizzlies win, but I think this is the game the Grizzlies go home on after a very big learning experience in the bubble. I'll take the Bucks. 
by eight to ten points. What about you, Chase? Yeah, I mean, I, as bad as I want to be a homer here, man, I, the Grizzlies haven't shown to me that they can go out and win this game. I, I really hope that they do. I really hope that I'm wrong, and, and we don't want to receive hate, which honestly, if you're going to hate on our picks, I really don't care because I'm just being genuine with you. But, yeah, I think the Bucks win this game. I don't know if it'll – I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to say about five or six points. I'm not necessarily the eight or ten, but – I just think they're too good of a team. They're too deep. Uh, Chris Middleton's too good of a player. You know, he could carry that team by himself, not as good as Giannis does. But against a team like Memphis, he absolutely could. But if John Morant comes out firing away and Dylan Brooks actually has a decent game, I think the Grizzlies will win, but I don't see that happening. Let's get to some of the comments. My dad says, the best thing I saw in the NBA in a long time was Luka Doncic against Houston the other night. Yeah, Luka's been phenomenal in the bubble. Ethan, yeah, in the bubble, we've come across half court, maybe one pass and just shoot a contested jumper. It's true. And and here's one thing I will say, because now this is like the sixth comment from Dylan. (laughs) We're not going to talk about the topic specifically, but I will say this. Dylan, you're the only one talking about in the comment section. You're the only one. We're going to talk about the teams in Tennessee. And that's all we want to talk about. If you want to talk about any other stuff, you can do it on your page. But we're not doing it here, and you're the only one talking about it. So we're going to stick to sports here really? on the show, and we're going to go from there. Are you calling Valanciunas garbage, man? The dude was averaging a double-double, career high in rebounds, almost a career high in points. And, and there was a case uh, midseason. I remember going to watch him play when we were playing against the Hawks. It was you know, maybe a couple weeks before the shutdown. People were talking about him being a top-five center in the game. Now, I don't think you, you can make that argument. I'm not saying he is yet because he's only really done it for since his time in Memphis. But how are you going to call the man garbage? Yeah, uh, and, and I already shared it in the Preds group, so Preds fans are rolling in, <laughs> uh, sticking around Mark. That, that's funny, man. That, that's funny stuff. Okay, let's move on because one season can continue tomorrow. One season ended in four games against yep. a non-playoff team. And last week on the show, we said – and first of all, you can disagree with what I'm about to say. This may be a rant. And uh, if, Chris, you're watching from At 10 Sports, our, our partner on Instagram, this would be a great part, part to screen record because this is going to be uh, something else right yeah, here. And before you get on this, yeah. Noah, first, I'm going to go ahead and deliberately say this is going to be very entertaining. Noah is, has, has fed up. I just want to you know, preface this for everybody. Yep. And uh, I, I'm thoroughly going to enjoy it. I want to see y'all's interaction. I want to see y'all's comments. And I'm just going to sit back and watch Noah. Take okay. it over, So. Man. Last week, the Nashville Predators lost in four games to a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs, a team that just got destroyed in game one by a real hockey team, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, this part last year, Chris is watching. <laughs> after the season ended last year, at, at this point last year, uh, I wrote an article not calling for the termination of Preds GM David Poyle, but saying, here's the last 10 or so moves David Poyle has made. Tell me one that worked. Right? Tell me one that worked. And I challenge anybody out there right now who wants to defend David Poyle, tell me one that worked. Let's look back at the recent history of the Nashville Predators. First round exit uh, against San Jose a couple uh, a few years ago. Second round exit against Anaheim. Or second round exit against uh, San Jose. Then they go on a cup final run where they were the last team into the playoffs. Barely made the playoffs. Caught fire. Made the cup final. Lost in six games. Got screwed by the refs. Don't talk about it, Mark. Don't want to hear it. Then... Second round exit against Winnipeg, in which they were very inconsistent. Last year, first round exit against Dallas. This year, they didn't make the playoffs. They went to the bubble. They didn't make the playoffs. They lost to a non-playoff team who's about to get swept or lose in five games against Colorado. That's the the on-the-ice record. Off the ice. General manager David Poyle has the most wins of any general manager in the history of hockey. That is a really impressive statistic. He's won zero championships. And in last time I checked, you play to win championships. Okay? So that's a fact. Now let's go through his recent moves. And I challenge anyone, 
Tell me which one was good. He traded Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. Ryan Johansson has a knack for disappearing in the regular season every season and showing up in the playoffs. He's got really good line mates in Victor Arvidsson and Philip Forsberg. Has that worked out to the level that we really expected it to for Nashville? I would venture to say no. Seth Jones is one of the top defensemen in the National Hockey League. Let's continue. Uh, Matt Duchesne, anybody? We were all told Matt Duchesne is the savior. Matt Duchesne is the guy. We're finally getting propelled. We've got a top-tier offense. Matt Duchesne was invisible this entire season. Absolutely invisible. That one didn't work. You want to tell me last year that Jared Tenorti in the playoffs was better option than P.K. Subban? I tend to say no. So did that move work? <laughs> no. Anybody seen what Kevin Fiala did for Minnesota? One of the best players in the league. Where was Mikael Granlund? Did that move work out? No. Where was Wayne Simmons last year? One point in 17 games. Gone. What move has David Poyle made since trading Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg that's worked out? And at a certain point... The things add up, and you say, okay, general manager, I get you can't hit every move, but you got to hit one. you got to hit one. Okay, we fired Peter Laviolette. Peter Laviolette's the scapegoat. He's not letting his players be good. Okay, Peter Laviolette is fired. All right, that's fine. I agree with that. I, I want Peter Laviolette gone. Let's go hire a sub-500 coach to come to this team, not as an interim, but as the full-term coach, three-year contract, done, John Hines. How'd that work out? Now, maybe John Hines gets it together this offseason and puts something together, but he got a training camp, and his yeah. team got rolled, and they looked exactly the same. For the last three years, these players come out and say, Nick Benino today, we've got the right group of guys. At what point is that worth absolutely nothing? To me, it's worth absolutely nothing. So I say all of this, and there will be an article tomorrow at UpperCumberlandReporter.com. I say all of this, and you can disagree, I don't care, but I will explicitly say this. It is time for Sean Henry, the president of the Nashville Predators, to say, thank you, David Poyle, for your service. You are terminated from this team. It's time for new leadership for Nashville, period. And it's explicit as that. The Predators need to fire David Poyle. Period. I am done with it. I'm sick of it. This team is on a downtrend. And you sat there, and when you saw, you have Alexis Lafreniere. I can't pronounce his name correctly. The best prospect we've had since Connor McDavid. And you say, okay, maybe we win the lottery. You don't win the lottery. You're 11th. At that point, you saw any chance of this team being a cup favorite gone. The cup window is closed. You have to rebuild this team, and you cannot trust the guy who locked this team into several horrible contracts, has made horrible move after horrible move to rebuild the team. We hold on to some mystical 2017 cup final run and say, well, we can get back to that. No, you can't. You've been downsliding ever since, and quite frankly, you probably didn't deserve to go on that cup final run either. You just caught fire at the right time, which can happen in the NHL. There is something wrong with this team. Everybody's been scapegoated. P.K. Subban was scapegoated. Peter Laviolette was scapegoated. Kevin Fiala was scapegoated. At what point do you go to the head honcho? It is time to move on. I appreciate what David Poyle has done for this franchise. I really do. He has kept this franchise relevant for 20 years since they entered the league, but it is time for change. I haven't read any of the comments, but let's get to it now. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. So uh, as I promised you guys, that was entertaining, um, and, and that was one of Noah's rants. And if you can't tell, he's very passionate about the Preds, and I understand this may be a touchy subject for some of the Preds fans, uh, but I feel like at the, at the end of the day, it's time because – I'll go ahead and tell you. I've had several teams in my life where you just can't get over the hump. One of them being the Atlanta Braves. Now, they recently made a GM move, uh, swapped to Alex Anthopoulos. Um, but before that, Frank Wren, absolutely awful. A lot of people didn't want him gone, but guess what? It's the best thing they could have done was get rid of Frank Wren. And I think the Predators are in the same situation where you appreciate everything David Poole has done for the franchise. But it's time to move on. It's not working out. Uh, you know, go try to win a cup elsewhere. He probably won't, by the way. He won't, for sure. He won't. He won't. It, it, it's, and I got crucified last year for the article I wrote that said 
Maybe we should look at his record and see what happens. I got called every name under the sun. I'm an idiot who doesn't know hockey, which is laughable to me, but it's what it is what it is. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Now I think there's a lot more people yeah. who agree with me. At what point is enough enough? Yeah. Arizona is about to get boat raced by the Colorado Avalanche. Do you think this team, as presently constructed, is going to catch Colorado, is going to catch Dallas, is going to catch St. Louis? And they're locked in. Kyle Turris is locked in. I think you need to get, you're going to have to take some dead money on that contract. Matt Duchesne, locked. Ryan Johansson, locked. These contracts you can't get out of. You have got to rebuild. Yeah. You have got to reload. Ellie Tolvin, and you got to give credit to the Nashville Predators because, man, can they hype up a player. Ellie Tolvin <laughs> was the savior two years ago. Where has he been? You got to let him get on the ice at some point. Philip Tomasino, you've got to get him on the ice at some point. You have these young guys. Alexander Carrier gets to every training camp, and then he goes down to Milwaukee so he can learn the Predator way. Is the Predator way losing in the first round of the playoffs? Because that seems like the Predator way right now. <laughs> I love this hockey team, but it's got to change. It has got to change. You have got to let these guys get some real-world experience. You have got to make a move. Enough is enough, period. The goal is to win cups, not make the playoffs. And this year, you didn't even make the playoffs. It's time. And I'm done with potential on paper because at the end of the day, potential on paper doesn't mean anything if you can't get results. And you've had a team with potential on paper for five years and nothing to show for it. That's just a fact. And if you disagree, I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I don't see many people disagreeing with you here. Yep. Uh, Dennis Bynum, oh my gosh, tell him, tell him. <laughs> Nick Rogers, he says that, uh, by the way, what's up, Nick? Hope you're doing yeah, well. Yeah, man, what's up, Nick? He says he hope, he don't think John, he don't think Hines is the guy and the Preds need to go hide Gerard Gallant. Yep. Gallant I hope would be I said a, his Gallant name would be, right. Yeah, you're good enough. <laughs> it would be, it would be a good. And then Roy I says agree. they need to hire Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Firing Peter Laviolette was the right move. That was the right move. But now, you need to restart. And quite frankly, sorry, I know you just got here. I'd fire both of them. David Poyo and John Hines, we got to go. You got a clean house, top to bottom. And I'll say this. If Sean, if Sean Henry won't do it, we'll have a discussion about him too. Because he does a great job talking on the radio every week. But this team has had no results. The arena's nice, but the highest hockey on ice isn't. And guess what? You lose enough hockey games, that home ice advantage you have is going to go bye-bye because people are not going to spend the exorbitant amounts of money they want to charge to go watch a losing hockey yeah. team. That's just a fact. Sorry. No, I mean, honestly, I can't sit here and say I disagree with anybody. Anything you said, I don't think anybody can because... And I agree with you, Roy. The Avs are the best team in the West, in my opinion. It's just to the point where you get to the Stanley Cup, right? You're supposed to get better. If anything, we've stayed stagnant or gotten worse. You go out and you trade P.K. Subban, like you said, for nothing. For a bag of chips. You trade him for literally nothing. You go out and get the guy who's been toted for the last several off-seasons, last several seasons, as the guy. Yep. You go out and get the guy. And guess what? He does nothing for you. Mm -hmm. you he did not make this team better. Yep. It... it it, enough is enough. And David, the owner of the Upper Cumberland Reporter, who we are thrilled to be partnered with, UpperCumberlandReporter.com, latest written news on Titans, Vols, Preds, and Grizzlies, as well as local high schools, uh, everything up there. Go UpperCumberlandReporter.com. Uh, and Nick with a great comment. I said it before. The Preds locked up the core. Jofa, Duchesne, and Ellis at the cost of not being able to build around them. Sorrows isn't the future. He's a decent goalie, but not Pekka 2.0. Here's the thing. I think Ingram down in Milwaukee could be the future. I think UC Soros could be. He's been hung out to dry. How long has this third defense pairing been a complete liability? The general manager locks up the top four. Great, you have a really solid top yep. four. And behind them has been a disaster. And you don't have to have a great bottom two. But you can't. John Hines couldn't play him. 
John Hines could not play Jared Tenorti and Yannick Weber in the final five minutes of each game because they were just a complete liability on the ice. You cannot have that in the NHL if you want to win a Stanley Cup. You've got to have depth on your roster. The top end scoring isn't there. I think the Joe line could be really dynamic, but I don't trust Ryan Johansson is the number one no. center, and you've had no second line. Craig Smith, thank you. You're done. You're a free agent. You're not coming back. <laughs> thank you for your service all these years, but Craig Smith is gone. Enough is enough of Craig Smith on my yeah. second line. I'll go, I'll go and tell everybody right now. Upset Noah, upset Predator Noah it is my favorite Noah. It, it, really, it really is. Dion, Patreon subscriber, we love Dion. Yeah. Uh, he says he doesn't even watch hockey, but dang, Noah, preach, brother. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm I'm beyond done because the problem is David Poyle was worshipped by this fan base. I mean, worshipped. He could do no wrong. He walks on water just like we do for everybody because we're loyal. But enough is enough. I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of hearing. I flipped a lid today when Nick Benino goes, we've got the right core of guys here. After the cup final run, they go, don't break us up, please. We're the right guys. Okay, you just went to the cup Yo. final. We'll give you a run. You went to the president's trophy. Okay. And you got bounced in the second round by Winnipeg. Yeah. Then you got bounced by an inferior Dallas Stars team. And you yeah. just lost to Arizona. Arizona's not a good hockey team. I'm telling you, Arizona's going to get just boat raced out of the playoffs by Colorado, a real hockey team, who is yeah. your new problem in the West. Colorado is a problem. You got to catch them. And I'm sorry, the Joe Feline, as dynamic as they are, is not catching Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. He's not. And you know what's crazy? You were talking about Seth Jones and, and Johansson. It's crazy looking back how excited everybody was for, for Ryan Johansson. Uh, if only we would have known what Seth Jones was going to turn into, yep. honestly. One of the best you, defenders in the league. Could you imagine him on the, on this team now? You know, say you, I, don't, I don't know how feasible it would have been, but say you traded Ryan Ellis instead. Mm. You know, Ryan Ellison maybe a little bit more, 100% better. I don't. I don't know. If, I, I think Matthias Ekholm is the problem. Matthias Ekholm falls asleep. I mean, the goal that he gave up in game four, three, where he just fell asleep, and for some reason, three guys are on the right side of the ice, weak sides wide open. The Coyote takes it, deeks him out, and just slips it right past. Sorry, every, it's a joke. every Preds done that all year long. And Dylan, I cannot disagree with you more. PK Subban wasn't a good fit for the Preds. He's better off where he is now. The Preds did not know how to utilize him. I disagree with this take. I disagree with it before when they traded P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban is not perfect. He does some stupid things on the ice. All the Preds do. But he is dynamic when he's on, and I think he was a great fit for this team. And he's clearly a better fit than Jared Tenorti and Yannick Weber. Clearly he's a better fit, and Matt Duchesne was invisible. And I always say, I bought into the Duchesne hype because, once again, man, the Preds can sell a player. <laughs> but what is the general rule of thumb? When a player leaves a team, and this yeah. we're going to get to Vic Beasley with this too, and the fan base celebrates, that's not a good sign. So Colorado fans and Ottawa fans and Columbus fans, I should have listened to you when you said they were celebrating the fact that Matt Duchesne was gone. Because he's a dynamic hockey player. He really is yeah. when he's on. But he is invisible from time to time, yeah. and it seems like he doesn't care. And before the bubble started, he said, well, I'm not sure if I want to play because it may not be safe. Then don't show up to work. Yeah. You shouldn't have shown up to work. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, my thing with Duchesne is I just don't understand how any superstar athlete, honestly, uh, you know, you're you're one of the best at your position, at your skill on the planet. Yep. How do you not have the motivation to go out there and work? You know what I'm saying? How do you not have that motivation and that drive to make sure you're not going to be invisible during a game? I understand bad nights happen, but Matt Duchesne was having a bad night. It felt like every other game. Yeah. If not more. And it wasn't even a bad night. It's invisible. He's just... Where's Matt Duchesne? He's not on the... Right? You saw a great line. The Jofa line was phenomenal in this series. I mean, they really were great. They popped off the screen. And you needed another one. 
You needed that second line. Every good team has that dominating, because that's the difference between a good team and a great team, or an average team and a great team. Most teams have a really good top line. They just, it's the yeah. best players you put them on the ice. If you have a great second line and then a hard-working third line and a checking fourth line, that's how you build a cup champion. And this team has no second line. And that's on Mikhail Granlin. That's on Matt Duchesne. That's on Craig Smith. And most of all, that's on David Poyle, who can't figure out how to get it done. I don't know how you become the winningest GM in history with no Stanley Cups and only two cup final appearances. I don't understand it. But it is time, and there will be an article tomorrow explaining it in greater detail, or maybe not, because I've, I've said a lot tonight. But it is time. Thank you for your service. I don't care if you retire or you're fired, but it is time to move on from David Poyle. Yeah. It's just time for someone new with a new, fresh vision, and it can't be his son. It's got to be somebody completely new from out of this house, and John Hines needs to go with him. You got to just clean out the house, and you got to get rid of a bunch of players. You got to you can't trade some of these contracts. But Craig Smith, you don't bring him back. Mikel Granlin, you don't bring him back. Uh, Yannick Weber gone. Dan Ham Hughes gone. Right? You got to get Ellie Tolvanen into this lineup. You got to get Tomasino in this lineup. You got to get Carrier in this lineup. I don't care if it means you're struggling to make the playoffs in the first mm-hmm. year. These young guys who've been built as your new future of the franchise have got to see the ice. Because Milwaukee is not the NHL, David Poyle. It's not. Hopefully. So bring them up. So, if guys, if you can't tell, because I'm, I'm really starting to worry about Noah. I'm afraid he's really about to have a stroke. Uh, he's heated over this, man. We've got to get David Poyle out of Nashville for Noah's sake. It, it's just, We've got to get this done. It adds up over and over again, and yet there will still be people that say, no, it's, it's everybody else. It's on the players. At what point, okay, who put the players on the freaking ice? Yeah. Who put the players on the team? Okay, it was Peter Laviolette. What Peter Laviolette? They just lost four out of five against, or three out of four against a team that's going to get swept out of the playoffs, right? Darcy Kemper, I know he stood on his head, but Darcy Kemper should not be able to hold a team with that's great potential and so much <laughs> skill on the ice to as few goals as he did. Put the puck in the net, and if you can't do it, you got to get rid of the guy who put the players on the ice. It's time for change, period. Yeah. And yes, I am about to spontaneously combust. Nick says, what's craziest teams in the Central trending up? Colorado, St. Louis, Dallas, Chicago is incrementally... Not Chicago. Don't slide that in there, you Blackhawks fan. Anyway, <laughs> Winnipeg and Nashville are stagnant going backward. I agree on Winnipeg and Nashville. Nashville is clearly going backward. Yeah, At this point, right, it's consistent. Cup final, second round, first round, missing the playoffs. That's as clear of a trend as you can possibly get. You went up, and then you came falling back down, and you have got... To change something. And David Poyle has proven time and time again that he is content to not change anything. And when he does, it doesn't work. What last move? What move since Philip Forsberg for Martin Erett has been a good move by your general manager? And I still can't get yeah. an answer on it. And some people will say P.K. Subban already said I disagree with that. People were mad at the time about trading Martin Erett. They, they were, they they were, were really upset. And then Philip Forsberg came and stunned the world. <laughs> but yes, uh, Noah's ready to fight. Yes, I... I, I and it's been building for a week. I kept my mouth yeah. shut, but I said, and I and I told Chase, I said we're gonna have some fun tonight. We talk about the press oh, because it, it's I couldn't it's coming. I love talking. I love talking about the Grizzlies. We obviously had to start with them with, with you know a huge game coming up against the Bucks. But this is the segment I was absolutely looking forward to, and and not because I necessarily had much to say, but I lo- I love it when Noah goes on these rants, man. Like like it's entertaining if you're watching. I always go back and watch it too. I, I, I always do. It's so entertaining to watch. But to be able to just sit here 
and, and just see it and see the whole time whenever I know we're building up and getting close to that segment. Like, I don't know if y'all can notice, but I can look over and I can see it festering. Like, it's just, it's about to explode. Yeah. Well, and, and my dad with a great, no, we, we consistently outshoot, but not outscore. That's a big problem. It was consistent. We saw game three through five, and I tw- or three, th- three and four, I tweeted it. The Preds are dominating the first period. And what happens? First shot of the game, Arizona scores. First freaking shot of the game. It doesn't matter what goalie it is, Pecorine. Also, this stupidity needs to stop. Pecorine ain't winning that series. He's not. UC Soros is not the problem in that no. series. Was he great? No. Was he bad? No. Stop it. I understand. I get it. I love Pecorine. Build a statue of Pecorine in front of Bridgestone Arena. You will not have an <laughs> argument from me. He's the best goaltender in franchise history. He yeah. was horrible in the regular season. A sub-900 save percentage. He just was. I love Pecorine. But he was horrible. And in the scrimmages this year in training camp when they came back, he was horrible. He is up there in age. He's out of his prime. He's near the end of his career. I am sorry to say it, but it's the truth. UC Soros was the best option in net. That's one thing I give John Hines credit for. He did the right thing in goal, not going with Pekka Rene. UC Soros was not the reason they lost that series. They're not winning it with Pekka, period. You know how many many times I said you're foolish to sit a Vezina Trophy winner? But it, it was supposed to happen. And then Dion Noah, Dion's worried about you, man. He says you're turning Tennessee orange, you need to breathe, and that he's counting the veins in your neck, and it's scaring him. I, I, I will calm down after the show ends. <laughs> he'll yeah. Actually, he'll calm down. Well, actually, I was going to say he's going to calm down when we get to our next No, we're segment, not. But no, no he, I'm not. It might, it's going to get just as bad. Yeah, no, I'm not. And I'm looking forward to that also. Uh, Trenton and Blackwell <laughs> greater than tr- Turris and Watson. <laughs> uh I think Blackwell was certainly a better option than Watson. I think Kyle Turris needs to go somewhere. Enough is enough of non-producing. And this is one of those contracts where if you're going to eat a dead money contract, it's too much on Duchesne, obviously. But And Adam Vingan wrote a great piece for The Athletic about this. I encourage you to read it if you're a subscriber to The Athletic. You need to terminate that contract for Kyle Turris. Enough is enough. Go somewhere else. Figure it out. Great guy. Great in the community, which is the case for most of these players. It's the true of David Poyle. I'm not saying David Poyle is a bad guy, but it is time for change. Colin Blackwell is another great example. Thank you, Nick, for bringing it up. (laughs) Colin Blackwell was there. Ellie Tolvanen was there. These are the future. And Colin Blackwell was good when he got him on the ice this season. Ellie Tolvanen hasn't had a chance. Tomasino hasn't had a chance. You've got all these guys. Uh, Alexander Carrier, he always looks good in training camp. Where's Carrier? Put him on the ice. That's what the regular season is for. Get them on the ice and let them figure it out. Ellie Tolman is supposed to be a top six guy for this team. That's what he was hyped as. Let him have the opportunity, right? And if he chokes away his opportunity, okay. But you got to give him the chance in a game on the ice. Period. Yeah. No, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I'm so sorry. It's, it's, it's just... It cracks me up. It's no, true. I love it when it, you get on these rants. And, cannot and I love that come back from behind. I love we that chase it's going to continue. Well, and, and, and this is another thing. <clears throat> another thing about this team, they have no mental toughness. They got nothing, right? One thing goes wrong, and it's just the house of cards collapse. They have no mental toughness as a group. Something's <clears throat> wrong with a group of players. But we've known this for years, and it hasn't changed. Okay, so if your players like mental toughness, you need new players. Once again, general manager. Need new players, and he hasn't done it. Now, maybe his hands are tied for people higher up. If that's true, then the people higher up need to go. Whoever it is that's not changing this roster... And I suspect it's David Poyle. It's time to go. Period. End of discussion. I, 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 and I, I'm not going to apologize to it. <laughs> Are you ready to move on? I think we can move on. Are you ready to move? No, we may I, talk about I, it Do later. you have any last thing you need to say Fire before David we move Poyle. on? Period. Fire him. He's got to go. 
He needs to be terminated. Yeah. And you have a longer <laughs> offseason. The season doesn't start till December. Terminate David Poyle. Uh, that, that's it. Period. Straight up. As straight up as it can be. As clear. What I would do is fire David Poyle. And then we will have a discussion about what to do with this roster at a later date. But in the next week, Sean Henry needs to thank David Poyle for his service and send him on his way. Period. All right. Let's get on to the Titans. Because once again, we have somebody making a complete fool out of himself, and that is Vic Beasley, the biggest free agent signing of the year for the Titans. It is Vic Beasley. And by the way, uh, if you're new to the show this week, because you know we're, we're partnered up with At 10 Sports on Instagram, we're partnered with Upper Cumberland Reporter and UpperCumberland.com, uh, UpperCumberlandReporter.com, thank you for tuning into the show. We appreciate it. This is a very highly charged show because a lot's going on, uh, but we do this every Wednesday at 8.30 during the season if you're new. After every Titans and every Vols game, we go live with what we call Tennessee Talk Overtime with our hot takes and, yeah. and reactions and to the love game. It. You're going to love those as well. This is a very charged show, so you picked an exciting one to tune into for the first time, but thank you. Be sure you interact in the comment section. Like yeah. you see, we read all of our comments on the air. You're our third co-host. Uh, we appreciate you so very much. We hope you like our page and enjoy the content. Uh, every week, we bring it to you live, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Let's get on to the Titans and to uh, yeah. Vic Beasley, the biggest free agent signing, a very disappointing free agent signing. And at this point, I've about had it with Vic Beasley. He's two weeks late, unexcused absence, and now he's on a non-football injury list. Enough is enough. Something has to be done about Vic Beasley. This is unacceptable for a player who hasn't produced in three seasons. It's absolutely unacceptable what's happened recently. No, you're you're right, and, and and the only thing that I like about our deal with Vic Beasley is that it is a one year contract. So if it work, if it doesn't work out, who cares? But it's terrible. It is absolutely terrible when it starts. And all I'm thinking is Kevin Dodd, Kevin Dodd, Kevin Dodd, Kevin Dodd, Kevin Dodd. It, it's Kevin Dodd with a history of being with one good season. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Kevin Dodd never had a good season. Right. Uh, well, he did at Clemson, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. But with Vic Beasley, you have one good season. And then, like you said, it's never a good sign whenever your fan base is excited to see you go. And guess what? Falcons fans were absolutely cheering. They actually they, had a parade in the streets. <laughs> Did you, you not see it? There was thousands of people in the streets of Atlanta celebrating Vic Beasley's departure. Uh, this, is a, this is unacceptable. We talked last week. You're a professional show up for work. Okay, shows up for work, and he's not ready to yeah. play. How are you not ready to play? It's a non-football injury. So either he's out of shape. Absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. Or, which you're not supposed to do if you're a professional football player, hurt himself doing something stupid. And Noah has a hunch. That he hurt himself doing something stupid. <laughs> and he took two weeks off thinking, well, maybe I can heal up from the sprained ankle I got while skiing or doing whatever he did. Comes back and he can't pass a physical because he didn't, fin he didn't rehab from whatever he had. Either yeah. way, it's completely unacceptable. I've had it up to here, and quite frankly, I know it's not smart money-wise, but if John Robinson cut him, I'd probably applaud the decision. Yeah. I just would. I would, too. And and you know what? We may look back six months from now, Eaton Crow, because maybe Vic Beasley has a great season. I highly I doubt I hope it. so. I highly, I highly <laughs> doubt that happens. But... If it does, I'll eat crow, and then I'll probably be on the whole extend Vic Beasley train. But guess what? I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. The only thing I think he might do for this team is get more attention. That way, Harold Landry can actually have a pretty good season. Well, and you talk about how stupid this is by him because he took a one-year prove-it deal. He didn't go yeah. somewhere and get a four-year deal, right? He took a one-year prove-it deal. You don't show up for two weeks, and then you're not ready to play when you get here. That is so unbelievably stupid. Yeah. 
the the last guy and he wasn't really he's kind of like Vic Beasley wasn't a big name that I kind of feel like this feels like also is when Albert Hainsworth went to the Redskins and could pass the physical. Yeah, you know, like that's honestly how it feels like you're excited to get a guy, and it's sad that I'm excited that we signed Vic Beasley, who hasn't done anything since 2016, uh, instead of Jadavion Clowney, who's still out there, by the way. Still needs to be signed. <laughs> and and, and by the Robinson. way, Timothy, I know you love the balls, man. Balls are last. They're next up. We're gonna get to the balls. We I will promise. get there. Keep your man. balls questions. We will get there, man. We're 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 leaving it for the end. I <laughs> promise we're gonna get to the balls. Yes, uh, but. This is unacceptable. Jadavian Clowney needs to be signed. This team has $29 million in free cap space. Uh, if you don't sign Jadavian Clowney. And we're getting close, everybody. And if yep. you've been a long-time watcher of the show, you know <coughs> when we traded Jarrell Casey, I said, okay, if you use that cap space, that's fine. We now have $29 million <laughs> in cap space. And if this team gets to the regular season with $29 million in cap space, the Jarrell Casey trade is the dumbest trade in the yep. history of football. Yeah, no, you're absolutely Period. right. Period. End of discussion and, and, on that one. And Mark, he's a troll, but here he actually has a really good comment. Uh, he says the best Clemson D line. Excuse me, another one came in. He said the best Clemson D lineman from that highly talented group of Beasley, Dodd, Shaq, and Shaq Lawson turned out to be the one that was drafted last, Grady Jarrett. Yep. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right because everybody who everybody said, oh, Titans made a great pick in Kevin Dodd. Guess what? Didn't work out. Vic Beasley had one really good season. Shaq Lawson been fooling around trying to get under Taylor Lewan's head. It ain't happening, man. You're a fool. <laughs> it's true. And, and my dad says, I'm fine to see him go or trade him. Go get Clowney. This team has to go get Clowney. You need, and you can try out players now. That, that was released yesterday. Yeah. John Robinson, I don't care. If it's one year for $25 million, write the check. Or else you're not going to win a Super Bowl. I'll, I'll go and tell you right now. I would do one. I would give it all to him. <laughs> one year, twenty nine million. I, I would give it, it. I would give it all to him. Yeah. Because one, I want a freaking Super Bowl. Honestly, I do. I, I don't care what it costs, man. If we had fifty million, I would say give him one year, forty five. Yep. I, I mean, a hundred percent. I'm, and, and it's not because I think Jadavion Clowney's worth twenty nine million dollars a year. He's not. But guess what? For one year, and a shot, an act, an actual shot to host the lump, the excuse me, to hoist the Lombardi, it's worth it. This team has, it, it is worth it. As presently constructed with this pass rush, this team has zero chance of winning a Super Bowl. I believe that in my core. Zero I, chance. I'll give him 5%. 5% because Patrick Mahomes could get hurt. That, that's why. This team can't catch Patrick Mahomes, and they probably can't catch Lamar yeah. Jackson right now. Here, and, and that's a very real problem for this football team. We've talked about it at length on the show. You have to get better as a pass rush. And at this point... You have $29 million, and you have a premier pass rusher. Go this get is him. not rocket science. Go get that man. You yeah. have to go get him if you're I John Robinson. Honestly, what are, you, what are you worried about? Do you, do you want to save a million so you can go get a, you know, a veteran receiver that, that you may need down the road if something was to happen? Okay, save you a million. If you offer Jadavion Clowney one year, 20-plus million, I guarantee you he signs the second you offer it to him. Right. I, I bet if you say, hey, be here in 20, he'll find some way. I don't care if he's in California. He's going to find somewhere to, some way to be there. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, and, and here's the thing. When we get talk about this Titans pass rush now, I'm done worrying about Vic Beasley. He's, he's irrelevant to me now. So yeah. Kamale Correa, Derek Roberson, one of y'all is going to have to emerge. And I'm dead serious because that's the point yeah. this team's at right now. No, I mean, one of you has to emerge. Right. And I think Kamale Correa is a really good role player. I think that was a good signing by, by John Robinson. But right now, I believe he's the starting outside linebacker opposite Harold Landry. 
So yeah. he's going to have to emerge as a bigger threat. He's, I don't think he's ever going to be a double-digit sack guy. But if we can get seven, eight sacks out of Kamale Correa and Derek Roberson adds three or four more, he had a couple of good games when he got his opportunity. Maybe he can capitalize on that. Those are two players now. If you don't sign somebody, because Vic Beasley's irrelevant to me, he may not show up again. I don't know. I don't care yeah. anymore. I'm done worrying about Vic Beasley. Those two have to emerge. Yeah. They just do. No, you're right. And then Dion says he's kind of cooled off on Clowny Man, but $20 million would be his top offer. What, what are you going to do with the other nine, Dion? <laughs> Seriously, what is going to go on with the other nine? I don't understand. It's burning a hole in your pocket, John Robinson. Go sign the dude. Give him one year, $25 million. And if you get a Lombardi, it's absolutely worth every penny. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. There is no reason to go trade uh, Jarrell Casey and then not use the money you freed up from that deal. Especially when Jadavion Clowney's out there. You have a chance. Nobody else is going to be offering him one year, $20-plus million. It's not happening. If that was the case, they would have already done it. So go out and do it. Get your guy and see. I'm telling you, man. If you have Harold Landry on one side, you have Jadavian Clowney, and even Vic Beasley, who, who honestly, I don't really expect much. But guess what? Offensive linemen have to respect him. Yeah, that's scary. And Chris, with a good comment, they did a good job of catching Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Absolutely right. With Jarrell Casey plugging up the middle. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, and, that's a thing. And, and the Baltimore Ravens have devoted their livelihoods to stopping Derrick Henry this offseason. They've gotten, I think every defensive tackle in the league is actually signed <laughs> by Baltimore right now. So yeah. they, they've devoted their entire existence towards stopping yeah. Derrick Henry. That's a little bit of a more yeah. uh, daunting challenge, I think, this season than last season yeah. when it comes to the Ravens. You and, need help. You just ha- and, and we've talked about this. This team doesn't have a dominant quarterback. They have a solid quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. They have a dominant running game. But when you don't have that transcendently great quarterback like the Chiefs have, you have to have a stud pass rush. You really do. Think about the 49ers last year. These teams that don't have the greatest quarterbacks of all time or a top five quarterback in the league, you need a dominant pass rush to help out your defense and get and slow down that opposing yeah. offense. There's no way as presently constructed, this Titans defensive line is a dominant pass rush unless a guy like Derek Roberson and Harold Landry take huge jumps this season, which yeah. you can't ask a player to do. You just can't. No, no, you're absolutely right. And then Lewis says Seminator up, which I know he's talking about Jeffrey Simmons. And it's not that I don't think Jeffrey Simmons is going to have a good year, but why else? Why I'll trade your Casey if you're not going to do anything with the money? I think Jeffrey Simmons is going to be fine. I can't sit here and confidently say he'll have a better year than Jarrell Casey will. I can't. Going into year two, and then Nathan with a bold comment says that he would rather the Titans have brought back Cameron Wake over Beasley. What about neither? Yeah, I I don't know about what. I mean, you got you got a really good game from him against the Browns and, week and, week one, and then after that he kind of he got hurt. I mean, yeah. and my dad with a with a great comment. Who do you trust more though, Kamale Correa or Vic Beasley? And at this point, at least I've seen Kamale Correa be a valuable piece on this team. Yeah, Vic Beasley, I got no trust in. Maybe I mean, he proves me wrong and he no. comes back just dominant. And, but I got I have zero. And trust how I'm in feeling it. now, it's not necessarily that I don't think Vic Beasley can be good. It's just what he's shown us. If you want to talk about in the real world, first impressions are everything. Yep. They really are. Yep. And you know, if I if I'm Harold Landry, if I'm Jeffrey Simmons, if I'm Rashawn Evans, if I'm Kamale Correa, I don't really have much respect for Vic Beasley right Same now. Same here. If I'm Taylor Long, I don't. You know, if honestly, I would trade him like he's a rookie because guess what? He don't show up on time. He can't even something's going on with him. You know, there's been no explanation why he hasn't shown up on time. I don't I wouldn't trust the guy. Dion says nobody's going to offer him 20 plus million to Clowney or he would have signed with somebody already. They know his health history and lack of sack production. Put, I think he said, means 20 million on the table and see if he bites. Absolutely. 
considering the circumstance, right? Before we said we wouldn't do this for him, but right now where you are as a team and where the free agent pass rush market is and what you need to yeah. take that next level, $20 million for one season yeah. of Jadavian Clowney without even blinking, yeah. writing that I, check. And honestly, I would do more. I'm not worried about his sack total going down because if you go back and watch the tape, look at everything he did in Seattle. Yeah, he didn't get all the sacks, but guess what? He was in the quarterback's face every single snap. Every snap, he was double teamed. He got back there. He got the pressure. He got the hurry. Um, and we and we talked at length about yeah, we really the ways have. Mike Vrabel will use him on this defensive front. Front multiplicity, coverage consistency. The perfect player for front multiplicity is Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. His by far best season as a pro was under Mike Vrabel as his defensive coordinator in Houston. He's going to move him around on the field and create havoc, not only from a sack production standpoint for Clowney, but to open up pass rushing lanes for a Harold Landry, for a Jeffrey Simmons, for maybe a Vic Beasley or a Kamale Correa or Derek Roberson, whoever it is on the other side. DeAndre Walker's another guy who could get some reps there at that outside linebacker pass rush spot. So these are very important. Matthew says, Titans not deep behind Simmons. That's why Casey Trade is worrisome. Uh, you you have Mack there, Isaiah Mack, who I think was an underrated piece on this I defensive line I think he's a very serviceable year. defensive tackle. I, I I actually, I, I'm higher on Isaiah Mack than most people are. I think most people just don't know him because he was buried on the depth yeah. chart. But when he got playing time last year, I'm comfortable when Isaiah Mack's on the field. He plugs up those lanes very well. He's not going to dominate anybody, but he's not a liability. He doesn't get yeah. blown off the ball. He's aggressive there at that defensive tackle spot. I trust Isaiah Mack behind Jeffrey Simmons. My concern's not in the middle. It's really not. And that's why I wasn't horrified from an on-the-field perspective with that Jarrell Casey trade. My right. problem is... You made a cap dump trade. You have to use that cap somewhere else. And yeah. it can't just be sitting and, in a bank account somewhere. And I know we were bashing David Poole, but at least with the money he saved from, you know, he saved from the Subban trade, at least he spent it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I seen Mark made a comment earlier where GMs are worried about the cap going down next year. Guess what? That's why it's a one-year deal. Who right. cares about next year? What is the point of not spending money on Jadavion Clowney, honestly? Like Deion said, throw him $20 million and buy. I would throw him more than that. I, re I really would. Like, I'm not going to back down from him. I would give him $25 million and I would sit comfortably with for him. For one season. For Yeah, for yeah. one year. I'm not saying three-year deal, $25 million a year. Right. But for one year, to give me a legitimate shot at a Super Bowl, sign me up, man. Right. And, and that's the whole thing. It's to get to a Super Bowl. Whatever you can do. And I think this team needs that bump to get to a Super Bowl. Vic Beasley's being a clown. I already didn't think he was going to have a big impact. I said that. I think a guy like Clowney would actually help Beasley have a bigger impact. But now especially... No trust in that. This defensive line, this front seven, needs a boost. And the boost is out there. Everyone knows who it is. I know people are sick of talking about it, but it's true, and he's unsigned. It's Jadavian Clowney. And if he goes to New York for $18 million, I'm going to lose my mind. No, I just am. You, I you need to write the and, check. And here's the thing, man. With, with Tennessee not having a state income tax, that's just another incentive to the guy. Right. Match any offer any, team, any other team throws at him, guess what? He's going to make more money here. Yeah. Unless it was in Texas or Florida. And, and Matthew says, Titans never spend a cap, though. You're right. But you didn't need to trade $10 million in Jarrell Casey if you have $29 million left over. That's the problem. If you're going to... And I'm okay from an on-the-field perspective of no Jarrell Casey, but if the option is it's just sitting out there in an offshore bank account for Amy Adams Drunk to use, or it's being paid for a guy who's still making Pro Bowls, you need to pay the guy who's still making Pro Bowls yeah. to help out your team because he's a good option. He's still going to play good snaps. Yeah. He's going to cause a big problem for us week one and against Denver. 
We're gonna he, and he's gonna be on a mission to remind us who he is. He can still wreck a game. Yeah. Right. So. Hundred percent. I'm okay from an on-field perspective, but if the money's not going to be used, then it's a really dumb trade. Honestly, just sign. Honestly, sign somebody. I mean, <laughs> you, you you still even if it's not Clown, you have Everson Griffin, you have Golden out there available. Like, go out and sign a player. Right. And uh, Chris says, for what it's worth, Nashville SC closing on their first MLS win. That's awesome. I'm sorry I'm missing the game, of course, because we, we've got obligations. But that's great for Nashville SC. I'm very happy about that. I'm glad they're back on the field. And the new MLS team in Nashville is getting it done. That's awesome. Ethan says, I saw where Sports Illustrated has Sports Illustrated has like the worst predictions every year besides <laughs> Colin Cowherd's. Uh, Colts winning the division over us, finishing 10-6, and six, and Titans finishing 9-7. Here's why the Colts aren't going to win the division this year. They have old Jameis Winston. <laughs> I mean, Phillip Rivers. Yeah. That, that's, that, that, I don't understand... Underrated opinion, maybe a hot take. I'd rather have Jacoby Brissett than Philip Rivers. Mm, I just yeah, would, and people yeah. may disagree. I would. Here's why no, Jacoby that Br- might be worse than Kirk Cousins. No, it's over not. Aaron Here's why it's not Ugh. worse. It, Ten years ago, obviously Philip Rivers. Ugh. Go watch. Go. And here's I don't the, know. Here's man. why. That's here's why. Bad. You ready? That's bad. you ready, Chase. That's bad. you ready to get proven That's wrong. Bad. Let's hear it. Do the Chargers bad. have a good roster? That yeah, they did. So why do they pick six? Well, I mean, were there why? injuries or not? They had some injuries on the back end. Okay, sixth overall pick. Okay. They have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams I, and Hunter I Henry and Melvin Gordon. I understand. They had no I business taking I understand. But the Colts weren't that far behind. No, they weren't, but they weren't that close. But he, And they weren't that I'm far t- behind with a quarterback dude, who no, takes care I'm of the sorry, football. That's a, that's Phillip a, Rivers dude. doesn't take care of the football. Okay, I would stand that by that 100%. Maybe he don't. I, I, I don't know. Some about the Colts draft... Phillip Rivers is probably playing behind the best offensive line he's ever had, honestly. Okay. Yep, I agree with um, that. I, I think he's still going to throw picks. He's still careless with the football. Yep. But I think this Colts team isn't as bad as I thought they were a few months ago, especially after the draft. you got Jonathan Taylor, who's going to be a really good running back. Okay. You drafted a really good receiver in Michael Pittman. And, and I just – I don't know. I have, I'm having nightmares of a Dory Jackson trying to cover Michael we're Pittman. We're not talking Colts, Timothy. Stop it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having this. nightmares about about Odori Jackson trying to cover Michael Pittman Jr. and him just going up and catching jump ball after jump ball after jump ball. I understand that you've been scarred uh, by the Colts. Here's the thing: <laughs> no, here, I agree the Colts are a better football scar- team. We've been scarred by Philip Rivers too. It's not just the Colts. The Colts are a better football team than they are giving than some people give them credit for. They're not going to be a six win. They team. added to force bug. But if we're talking about this division as a whole. I'm taking Ryan Tannehill over Phillip Rivers, 100%. I'm taking Derrick no, Henry agree. over Jonathan Taylor, 100%. I, I I'm taking A.J. Brown over T.Y. Hilton, 100%. No, I agree. So we go but down here, the list. Here, here's the deal, though. One, what offensive line are we going to have show up? It doesn't matter. This offensive line will <laughs> boil you all across the field when we're running the football. Yeah, when we're running the football. Yeah, which is all you have to do when you have Derrick Henry. <laughs> That's the whole point, right? The, but but there's a reason the Colts went out and got DeForest Buckner, too. The Colts didn't need a quarterback who turns the ball over too much. They needed a quarterback who takes care of the football. The Colts needed to become the Titans. They needed to run the football downhill. Instead, they went out and got an aged, out-of-his-prime gunslinger who throws too many picks. Now, I agree the Colts with, roster I agree right with now, your points on Phillip Rivers. I do not agree with that I would rather have Jacoby Brissett. It's not a bad take. I don't care what you say. You disrespected the take like it was a super hot take. It's not. Jacoby no, no Brissett, that is a bad... That is no, a bad... I'm telling you. I, you're wrong. You're Kirk Cousins wrong. over Aaron Rodgers is number one. This is 1B. You're absolutely like, I'm, wrong. I'm telling you. No. Jacoby Brissett takes care of the football. Okay. He takes care That's of the football. That's all that Colts Absolutely. Need. That's sure. what the Colts need. Absolutely. But guess what? If I have to bet on a guy to go out and win me more games, I'm going to bet on Phillip Rivers. You're wrong. No, I'm not. Jacoby, here's the problem. The, the Colts this year 
The roster of the Colts this year is not significantly better than the Chargers roster last year. It's better. No, I'm not saying. I think it's better, especially saying, on the line. I'm not saying it's better, but here's the thing. The Chargers were also in a division with the Chiefs. Doesn't That's matter. two losses right there. The Colts are in a division with the Titans and the Texans. I'm not, the Raiders and the Broncos, is, is that a real problem? Is, is, anybody, is that the huge threat, is the Raiders anybody and the really, Broncos? Is anybody really scared of the Texans this year? Not this year, but last year they were. Okay, but and we're I'm not pretty sure the Colts won more about, football games. Are we games. talking about last year? The Colts won more are, football games last year, last year than the Chargers did. Yeah, we are. The Colts won more football <laughs> games with Jacoby Brissett and a worse roster that, or an equal roster last year mm-hmm. than the Chargers did with Phillip Rivers and a better roster. Okay, no, I love the Titans, but one, we lost to Jacoby Brissett. Thank you, Dennis. We we lost to Jacoby Brissett. Okay, and this isn't helping my argument after I formulated yep. what I'm about to yep. say. Go ahead. And and we barely beat the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why did we beat the Chargers? Because Melvin Gordon couldn't hold on to the football. Yeah, and also Melvin Gordon, he, he screwed himself holding out. I'm telling you right now, what I said totally did not back me up. So Yeah, because you know, you're, you're wrong. You shame on me, this. but I'm, I think majority of football fans, I would say 75% of NFL fans would take Phillip Rivers right now over Jacoby Brissett. I don't care what they would do. Majority of football fans are wrong usually. The majority of football fans pick the Ravens to destroy the Titans in the playoffs. That sure. means nothing sure, to it me. happens. But guess what? I think majority of NFL GMs would take Phillip Rivers over Jacoby Brissett. The Indianapolis Colts are an 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, Indianapolis Colts have a really good GM. He's done, he's done actually yeah, well with that franchise. I agree. And I think he's making 100% the right call. Give me Phillip Rivers over Brissett. 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, football team, 10-6 max. The Titans are a 13-3 football team max. That's the difference. And this max. all comes from the comment. Max. But this all comes from the comment. Lie. From the Sports Illustrated, now, I understand. In Sports Illustrated, they they went with the easy nine and seven pick. Like I agree, they they went with the easy nine and seven pick. But I'm telling you right now, I would not be shocked if the Colts finished ten and six. I would not be shocked if we finished nine and seven. I'm happy. This is how I know that I Philip Rivers is overrated. I'm happy he's the Colts quarterback. I'm happy Phillip Rivers is the Colts quarterback. Because if the Colts had gotten Teddy Bridgewater, then the yeah. Titans would be but, screwed. And also, no, to my point, thank you, Dion, for backing me up. We had Marcus Mariota as our quarterback when we lost. I didn't bring up that game. To, you did. To the Colts. I know. And Jacoby Brissett gave our defense a nightmare because he wouldn't get tackled in the backfield. I was there. It was a horrible game to watch. It was very painful to watch that game. Yeah. Jacoby Ethan, Brissett, Ethan, you're right. You really did get us get us going. Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback right now than Phillip Rivers is. I said what I said. Phillip Rivers is overrated. <laughs> Mark. Man, you were, you never go after me. Now he's going after me. Good. Yeah, go after him. Go after him for sure. <laughs> he always goes after Noah with the Penguins. No, but here, here's my thing, man. I'm, I'm telling you. It's not your worst take ever. It's Kirk not. Cousins over Aaron Rodgers by far was your worst take. It's not that bad and, of a take. No, either. it is. You know that's not that we bad of a take. We just discussed it. But last it's not week a horrible the take. Show. They're closer and you, than you and think. And you almost said, what was it you said? Honestly, we got to talk about They're something closer about, than you think. No, but you said something about on a Super Bowl. Oh, no, and the Super Bowl I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. No, but you said for a second. I said you had a great point because you said, who would you rather have to win a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers or Kirk okay. Cousins? And I said Aaron Rodgers. I just really wanted to hear you say I had a great point. That's honestly. fine. But your point about this is horrible. <laughs> no, your point, I'm horrible. telling you right now, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is not better than Matt Ryan, Timothy. Stop it. Now, he's not better than Matt Ryan, Stop but he, you know who he is better than? Jacoby Brissett. Disagree. 100%. And, and, and here's why it's important to talk about context when we have this debate. I'm talking about for the Indianapolis Colts. This season, Jacoby Brissett and his ability to take care of the ball for a team that just needs to run down your throat like the Titans do, hit a pass every once in a while out of play action, that is Jacoby Brissett. If you want a guy to hit bombs down the field, it's Phillip Rivers. 
right? Because he's old Jameis Winston, as I've said. It's my perfect analogy, and no one can tell me I'm wrong, and I won't believe them. He's old Jameis Winston. Gunslinger that throws too many picks with a slightly weaker arm. That's what Phillip Rivers is. That's just what he is. That's not what the Colts You're need. You're so disrespectful to I don't Phillip care. Rivers, he's, in Hall of, he's probably going to be a Hall he's of Famer. He's got like 20 kids to try and to he's feed. he's 900 and, and years you, old. Here you are bashing the man. I understand he's a Colt. It's not five years I hate, ago. I hate the Colts, man. But Phillip Rivers, you have to give him his respect. No, I don't. Five he years ago, he was great. Jacoby Brissett. Not now. Not this season. Yes, he is. Go ahead and share it to the Vols groups because we can offer longer than an hour. Thank you. I'm sick of talking about the Colts. Yeah, you're wrong. Vic Beasley, show up to work and be healthy. You're wrong. That's what we'll end the Titans with. I'm not wrong. Take a poll. Ask everybody. They'll be. They'll tell me I'm wrong too. I don't care. You I'm know right. what? We are going to make a poll. It'll be on Twitter after the show. Yeah, who's better? So go follow us on Twitter at TN Talk Pod. Jacoby like us Brissett right here on Facebook. Or Philip Rivers. Like us right here on Facebook. You ain't the only one who can do the housekeeping, Noah. Yeah, I just do it better. That's why. <laughs> That's all we know. Okay, let's move on to Rocky Top. Timothy, my man, here it is just for you. Special order. Let's talk about <laughs> the Vols. And we are going to get into a little bit of COVID-19 discussion. If you watch the show... You know that we've largely stayed away from it. You know, we want everybody to stay healthy, their families to stay healthy. We're yeah. not doctors. We will not claim to be doctors, <clears throat> but we are going to talk a little bit about what we've heard doctors say because we've had some nonsense going on in the world of college football the last couple of days. A lot of hypocrisy. Big Ten, Pac-12, and the Big East, like anybody cares about them, have postponed <laughs> their seasons the to Mac. the spring. Uh, so, and... and before we move on, Ethan, I think Brissett is a better fit for this Colts team. He is tougher to take down, better Ethan, with the ball. Rivers is way past his prime. Ethan, Ethan, my man, thank Ethan, you. Thank you. You are literally, man, you, you're my poison ivy, brother, dude. Look at this calamine lotion, man. We've been struggling with poison ivy, and you're going to go against me like that? Because he's right. Seriously, you're you're wrong. wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Ethan is spot on with this one. Okay. Uh, you Just so we're clear. College football players are not at a significant risk from COVID-19. Period. That's factual. I've, I've looked into it a lot. I wouldn't say it if I didn't know it was true. They're more likely to die getting struck by lightning than they are from COVID-19. In the interim. Long-term effects, I can't claim to know. That seems to be the concern some people have. The reason, and I will put this publicly, the reason the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the Big East have delayed football season is because they don't want to be held liable if something happens. It's not because they want player safety. It's not because they're concerned about their football players like they're lying and saying. It's because they don't want to get sued. Okay, the players have made blatantly clear they want to play. The players are more at threat from catching the flu than they are of COVID-19. That's a fact. If you don't like it, don't care. It's true. Okay? So while we have that clear, props to the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 saying we're actually going to wait and make a decision based on facts instead of lying to people about the reason we're canceling our football season. And if a doctor and the CDC and people say, okay, these college students are actually at risk, and then you cancel, okay. But don't do it because you're worried about your pocketbooks. You got to figure out a way. I don't care if it's waivers or what it is. These kids deserve to play. And this gets to the larger point. Sports are important to people, Chase. I hit yeah, on it last week. I hit on it now. I know some people out there don't like sports. I understand that. Hey, it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. But there's a reason nearly 2,000 people like our page and we're just two guys that talk about sports every week because sports are important to people. They're a critical part of our lives. It's how you know uh, some people get their paychecks every week. So some of us have a more vested interest than others. But sports are important. And if you can do it safely, which I know you can, they can figure out a way to do it. The NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball largely are doing it now. Play the game. Yeah. Period. Play the game. Figure it out and play the sport. I don't care if you change schedules, what you have to do. Play the sport. 
That's the theme of this conversation as we wrap it into how it affects the balls, the things that are happening, et cetera, et cetera. Play the game. Figure it out. That's what I have to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason not to play the game. The Big Ten releases their schedule, and then all of a sudden, boom, canceled. And and if you want to do what's really best for the players, I think they all showed what they would rather have on Twitter. Yep. You know, Hashtag Trevor let Lawrence, us play. Justin Fields. I mean, all these guys, they, they want to play football. And, and Trevor Lawrence made a great point in the fact that a lot of these guys who, if they're not playing, they're going to be going back to a worser situation, and they're not going to be doing social distancing. They're more likely to get COVID than they are on the football field. And I think that's an actually really smart and valid point. Yep. They're more safe. It's like Nick Saban. They're more safe here than they are at home or that they are in their dorm. You can watch them better. You can help protect them better. And and this is the thing. People are lying, right? The, The Big Ten's presidents are lying. They're not doing this for player safety. That's one thing. If you actually have a legitimate player safety concern, I get that. I do not want to put any players at risk. That point, it's not worth it. But you're concerned about your pocketbook. You're not concerned about the player's safety. And this is why it gets to the paying players discussion, which is a little bit different, but you don't want to pay your players. And the reason you don't want to pay your players is because you don't want them to unionize, right? So you don't pay your players, and then this happens. Now, if you paid your players, you could put them in a bubble. You could do various things like the other sports have done. These players that are a cash cow for your university – at Ohio State, at Michigan, at Tennessee, a cash cow that bringing a whole lot of money, but you don't want to pay them anything, and then you want to cancel the season and take away their livelihood. And as Joe Burrow put on Twitter, if this happens last year, I'm looking for a job right yeah, now. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Right. No, he's absolutely right. And then Mark says the news the Big Ten put out about heart issues from COVID is highly irresponsible and damaging for people who suffer from anxiety and panic disorders if it ends up being not true. Correct. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because if you're going to put something like that out, it can't be an assumption. You know what they say when you assume things. Yep. Correct. It's 100% correct. It, it, it's very frustrating for me to watch. But I do, I do want to commend the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. Because they're doing it the right way. You have to have discussions. And yes, you can't just say, we know everything, we know we're going to play, nothing changing, period. You can't do that because you don't know everything. We live in a very different world than we lived in at this point last year. Everybody understands that. But the Big Ten and the uh, the Pac-12 are straight up lying to people. And that is unacceptable. Tennessee needs to play football this fall. And if SEC is the only show in town, that's fine. If it's a playoff consisting of Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Oklahoma... Play it anyway, because that was probably going to be the playoff no matter yeah, what. Yeah, the only exception would be Ohio State, but yeah. guess what? Who really cares? And that is your own problem. And props to Nebraska for saying we'll play anyway, and they're talking apparently to the SEC about getting a schedule. Props to the administrations at that school. Michigan and Ohio State should do the same thing. They should call the ACC, they should call the SEC, and they should call the Big 12 and say, what can we do to get our kids playing time? Because, okay, maybe you play in January, you're going to play in the spring. You really think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are going to play two months before the draft? The answer is no. No, absolutely not. And they'd be foolish to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And and another thing is, even if it is just the ACC, SEC, and Big 12, who cares? Like, football is football. Yep. And and I guarantee you, if you polled all the players in the Pac 12 and the Big 10, I would say 90% of them are upset about the decision because guess what? You're messing with their futures. And what's going to happen to these guys who, you know, say how Joe Burrow was talking, if it happened last year, he'd be looking for a job. What happens to that senior that, you know, is hoping to break out and just be a dra- just get drafted? Yep. You know, is, is his eligibility gone? Yep. 
Like, I want to know how that's addressed. Yep. Because guess what? It's it's not the whole NCAA that's shutting down. It's just these particular conferences. And another thing is, the Big Ten and Pac-12, guess what? You're probably going to lose a lot of recruits also. Because guess what? If I'm in high school, I want to go to a school, a conference and a school that's committed to actually playing football yep. where I'm trying to make my living at. And Corey says, what do you think about the Big Ten commissioner saying you kick out Nebraska if they play this year? I think the Big Ten commissioner is full of crap. To I be think, frank, I think if, that's if, what I think. if that's the case, you're going to kick somebody out because you got your little feelings hurt. You they'll don't go somewhere, to be the commissioner. Then they'll go somewhere else. The SEC will Guess take what? them or the Big 12 will take I them. I guarantee you Nebraska would be just fine going back to the Big 12. The SEC will kick out Vanderbilt and take in Nebraska. <laughs> I think everybody would be okay with that besides the two Vanderbilt fans who find our show every week. Love you both. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Matthew says SEC will take Nebraska. The Big 10 kicks them out. I agree. Uh, Mark says, Pitt football is a go. Tennessee football is a go. This podcast will be okay. <laughs> Mark, We've, we can always count on you for some type of pit talk, man. <laughs> and we figured out how to make this podcast go when nothing was going on. This podcast is going to go, period. Yeah. This podcast is Even going. Even if it's just, you know, if we, if we have to transition from Tennessee talk to talking Tennessee, um, don't get me Morgan Wallen. I know that's <laughs> so I'm not trying to copyright. Um, but anything. We'll talk about anything. Yeah, you we'll, know, we'll come up and just talk to you about our day if we have to. But it, it, it is true. It is I've had it, right? And we're not going to get yep. into the science because we're not doctors and we won't claim to be, but people are lying now and it's starting to affect these kids' livelihoods. It's affecting sports as a whole. And if you're being dishonest, you deserve to be called out. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 should be ashamed of themselves. Yep. And there's a reason why the SEC is the superior football conference to the Big Ten. I hate to break it to you. Sorry, you have Ohio State and that's it. Michigan, no. Penn State, no. Sorry. And the Pac-12 is a joke, as we talked about last no, week on the show. Absolutely. There's a reason for those two and things. I, I hate the fact that our bet that we made last year is just all of a sudden voided. Yep. I absolutely hate that. Yeah, but Noah, 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 let, Noah let people know that he's going to have an, argue, an article, not an argument. But it might turn into an argument. An article coming tomorrow about David Poole. Guess what? I've got an article coming about Jeremy Pruitt and how if football is a go, this is an a golden opportunity for him to prove himself because guess what? Compared to other coaches in the SEC like Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, even Dead Mullen, who I cannot stand, he hasn't done much. Right. And, and Kirby Smart, you, you've got a chance to go out and beat your peers. You've got a chance to go out and show them that, one, you belong to be a head coach and that you really are building Tennessee back to its pride days back in 98. That you have that opportunity because guess what? You're playing against your peers. When you go out and you play Texas A&M, you have an opportunity to show Jimbo Fisher who's daddy. When you go out and play Auburn, you have a chance to show Gus Malzahn who's daddy. And my favorite comment about all this is when the Big Ten says we're canceling and the SEC says we're not, Yeah, daddy doesn't let the kids tell him what to do. Yeah, That's why. <laughs> uh, and my dad says we have people work, working as store clerks, building cars, selling cars. Why not let kids play the game? Much more likely to blow out a knee or get hurt or sick from something else. Completely agree. Dion says Nebraska's not in the southeast. Neither is Missouri, really. Missouri's in the Let's Midwest. be honest. Neither so, Texas A&M's not in the Southeast yeah. either. So, I mean, Big how, 12, though. I, I, how's I do West believe, Virginia in the Big 12? I do believe Big 12 is a better fit for Nebraska than the SEC is, but somebody would take in a school like Nebraska. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, absolutely. No, there's no way they wouldn't. Yeah, and Ethan says... Those conferences lied when stating it's about player safety. How are they going to play 20-plus games in a calendar year? That's the other. That's a fantastic point. I'm glad you brought it up, Ethan. Plus early enrollees, plus seniors leaving the draft. It will be chaos if that's even possible. So you want to play in the spring and then again in the fall? If that's that's not good for player safety. You're going to play 24 games in, a co in one season or in one year? How is that about player safety? It's almost like, Chase, they're lying 
and it's not about player safety. I'll go ahead and tell you right now, I highly doubt they're going to be playing in January, period. I, I really do. Jake Noakes, who is daddy? The SEC is daddy. The SEC yep. is king. I know Jake. I know Jake. We're good old Smithville boys. I'm pretty sure he's a Vandy fan. I'll go ahead and tell you, Derek Mason is not daddy. No. Well, <laughs> Vanderbilt can Vanderbilt is not daddy, except and maybe at baseball. Nebraska will come in and, and kick Vanderbilt out because Vanderbilt doesn't even <laughs> care about Vanderbilt's athletic department. That's obvious. Uh, West Virginia is in the Big 12 because ACC rejected them for academic reasons. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about when people were talking about a geographic fit. Geographical, yeah. West Virginia does not geographically fit into the Big 12. Right. Uh, Tom, SEC equals super excellent conference. Kick out Florida and Bama and bring in Michigan and Ohio State. I'd like I'll go and tell you right now, I just I hate Florida and I hate yeah. Bama, but guess what? When you think of the SEC, for a lot of people, those are the first two schools that come to mind. Well, and that's important. That's how you have the rivalries. I don't think... You can leave Ohio State and Michigan up there in the Big Ten yeah. in, the, in the little boy conference. First off, they, they, you want to talk about a fit. There's no way in, There's no way they fit. You're not south anything. At least A&M is in the south. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, Evan says, go Vols. Go Vols indeed. All right, this has been the longest episode. In a long time. In the history of Tennessee talk. This is the longest episode. An hour and 20 minutes long. Besides the draft special where I talked for four hours straight. Yeah. This is the longest you episode. You Thank you. This is the longest episode of Tennessee Talk ever, and it's fitting that it happened this week. We're thrilled to be partnered with 10 Sports, at 10 Sports on Instagram. Yeah, the latest news over there, the great graphics, constant news, awesome. You see their stuff on our page now. We are thrilled to be partnered with Upper Cumberland Reporter, uppercumberlandreporter.com. He has an article up there right now about the Grizzlies. Yep. I got an article coming tomorrow about David Poyle. You already saw what that's going I've got an about. article coming about the Vols, which I teach to you about. We're going to have Titan stuff. Grizzly stuff, Pred stuff, yep. Vol stuff, all the time. So uppercomingreporter.com, bookmark it, uh, all those things, and we will be back next Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. And then if you are, and a lot of people up here know us from the Upper Cumberland, next Thursday, Jason and I, Tennessee Tech, high school football gets started because we're going to play high school football. Yeah, the Big Ten fun. can't play, but we can play high school football. <laughs> uh, we'll play high school football. It's rivalry night, Upperman against Cookville from Tennessee Tech. We will be on the call Absolutely. on the Upper Cumberland Reporter, so make sure you stay tuned for all that. The content doesn't stop. Things are getting better. Thank you all for your support of this. I think we need to wrap yeah, it up with the house. We do people. need to. Follow us on Twitter, at TNTalkPod. Like us on Facebook. No, you can't. Right here. If you're new to the page, <laughs> click that like button. If you enjoy the show, give us a recommendation. Five stars. Tell us why you love the show, love our rants, and love our beautiful faces and our Patreon. It is seven bucks a month. It's how we pay for that. For this. It's how we pay for this. All of this stuff. Thank you all so much for your support. Our Patreon subscribers are amazing. We love them so much. Get into that talkers group by hitting that subscribe button. We'll be back next Wednesday at 8.30. Stay tuned for all the content on our page, uppercumberlandreporter.com. We will see you next Wednesday. You know one thing you can't do better than me? What's that? The sign off. I can't. uh, That that may be true. But you've got your thing. All right. I'm Noel McKay. I'm Chase Hope. See you next week. See ya.